Welcome to Discuss, part five of our Rooted series. This week, Andy, Jonathan, and Anna continue our discussion on sacrificial fellowship. Enjoy. So our scripture for today, continuing on this theme of sacrificial fellowship, is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so last week, it was up to me to, to share, and we were talking about another one of our core longings at the table, which was how we long for sacrificial fellowship. And we began by reflecting on the fact that we are created to live in community, being created in the image of God, three persons in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're created to live in community with each other, with one another, but also with God. However, we reflected we're maybe not always as good at this as we would like to be, and this is just because of our, our sinful nature, because of the fact that we have sinned, that that sin originally separated us from God and, and from being in perfect community with one another. Um, but thank God thanks to God demonstrating the sacrificial fellowship to us, he sacrificed his son. Jesus sacrificed his place in heaven, humbled himself, and became a man and submitted to the will of his father, sacrificed his own life for us so that we could be brought back into relationship with God. And then we see after that how Jesus' followers started demonstrating this sacrificial fellowship together in community with one another, and we see that in the early church in Acts 2. Um, and I also pointed out how, how we do some of that quite well here at the table, and, and that's awesome. But we can always go a little further. We can always continue to grow. And we looked at the example of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10 and what that sacrificial side of fellowship means, how this Samaritan was willing to sacrifice his personal feelings towards the injured man on the road, sacrificed his time and energy 
resources and money, uh, as well as even his own safety, put himself at risk to take the time to help this, this injured person. Um, and, and then we kind of just turn to the example again that we see in Christ, which uh, Anna read to us from Philippians 2. And I'm going to turn to Andy because I believe you have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, just hearing you, the sum up is helpful. And even just thinking about those stories, the Good Samaritan stories, the, some of the images from our own community that you shared, it's, and, and I think those of us who um, get to participate that from time to time or see other stories in other communities where there's this selfless, this sacrificial um, life together that's happening, it's, it's beautiful and it's inspiring. And so you would think like, well, that should be easy because it's beautiful and inspiring. <laughs> and we all long for that same kind of thing in our own lives. And we, we love to be a part of it. Um, and, and especially on the giving end, it makes us feel good to be able to bless other people and to, and to see actual difference being had in other people's lives. And so you would think, gosh, we sh everyone should be really good at this. And yet we find that there's the other side of it. There's the, the, the side that where it's, why is this a struggle? And um, just reflecting on, on your sermon and some of the themes from it, Jonathan, and, and Philippians 2, really, I kind of grabbed onto uh, that you shared at the end there. I long, and I think a lot of us long to be, um, to be in that kind of a community that, that stands out, that, has, that is full of those kinds of stories, um, where you see real unity being worked out, differences being worked out, and covered by um, those different, those gaps being covered in our community. Um, and, and, um, um, and then when I, that's where my heart leads, anyway, that's where the, where the heart longs for. And then when you think about what's the other side of it, it's, oh, what's the cost of that? What's the sacrifice part of that that makes that so difficult sometimes, or feels like it's impossible sometimes? And, and I wonder if, looking at Philippians 2 made me wonder if, is it, is it something about this fear or this anxiety around, around our own significance and our own meaning? Is that, you, you brought up the sin nature, is that the, the thing in us that's, that's grasping? It's not in this translation, Anna, but um, in the other translation, Jesus does not consider equality with God a thing to, to grasp. And yeah. that's, that's kind of this motif in the Bible, is this grasping for something yeah. as opposed to trusting God. Who's going to, who's going to look out for my well-being? Who's going to look out for my significance and my meaning? Well, in this story, as in throughout the scriptures, it's God who does the lifting up. And so often it's hard, so difficult for us to trust. If yeah. I subvert my own own needs in this situation to help out Jonathan, what's going what's gonna to happen, right? When the rubber meets the road, like, I'd like to help Jonathan, but it means, if it's going to be sacrificial community, it means these things over here maybe don't get looked after. Hmm. Some, of, some of my deeper desires or longings might not be met if I care for, have to care for Anna or her family in this way, or my neighbor across the street, or or, or wherever within our community. And, and looking at Philippians 2, it seems like that's kind of the, the crux of it, is how far are we going to trust 
God to really live into this beautiful thing that when we see it, it's like so inspiring and so beautiful and like we long to be a part of it. But when it comes down to the moments of, of maybe if I, if I help out or I give of myself, I might make a fool of myself or maybe I'm offering the wrong thing or th there's vulnerability in giving of ourselves because we might be rejected or it might, yeah. it might not work out or maybe it's well-intentioned but I don't have enough experience helping someone in a different socioeconomic background yeah. than myself and, and what if I mess up and do the wrong thing, right? Mm -hmm. all, those, all those fears and anxieties I think are, are some of the, the question there. So I think my question to, to lob it up over to you, Anna, <laughs> is it, because I think this, this part in Philippians 2, as, as Jonathan pointed out, is an example of what God has done for us in Christ, but I think it's also more than an example. I think it's a source for us. If, if we're really abiding in Jesus, like we've talked about before, and, and John's gospel is really big on this, where are you abiding? Where are you living out of? Your, your life coming out of? If it's really tied to this man Jesus, um, then this story isn't just an example for us, it's also a source of our, of our trust, mm. that we could give ourselves over to this one who, who trusted God so much, and at the end of everything, God's the one who lifted him up mm -hmm. and made his name the greatest and, and cleared his name. So how do I live? Here's the question, sorry. <laughs> no, Get into I, I want to clarify yeah. what I think you're saying, because okay, I think it. you're saying if we are centering ourselves in the confession of Philippians 2, of mm -hmm. all that Jesus is, then all of our excuses of having enough time, money, energy, yeah. wherewithal, I wrote a list, like, do I have enough of these things mm -hmm. to actually sacrifice for the sake of other people? Yeah. All of those excuses just fade away. Is that yeah. basically what I, you're saying? I think so, or it at least brings them into question of... of who, who's going, yeah, yeah, I think so. Who's going to provide? Who, who's, at the end of the day, um, in terms of my name, which has to do with, with my well-being and my identity and my significance yeah. um, and, and my whole, my life, my security, who's going to take care of that? Is it going to be me or is it going to be, am I going to trust God with those things? I feel like that's just such a different way frame it because when I like when mm -hmm. Jonathan was preaching last week and and I was looking at the Good Samaritan story and thinking of Acts 2 like I've thought about these things for a long time I lived in community when I was in seminary um, we actually for a time thought about buying a house with a friend in Toronto when we first were only renters and we couldn't afford a house we did a lot of research and prayer and talking with a friend about maybe she was single and we were married maybe buy a house together and live in mm -hmm. community together like um, and then in the end, Jacob and I chose a neighborhood in Victoria because we had close friends that lived there and we wanted to build community with them. So this has been long on our hearts for, for many, many years, yeah. but yeah, that's a very different way to frame it. Um, cause I always think of the complications like, yeah, what if I don't have enough money or what if I don't have enough time? Um, I know whenever I sign up for meal train, so we, we, do something at the table. I know there's those of you that watch that don't go to our church, but we do something called a meal train where you can sign up on a list online and offer to make a meal and deliver a meal for somebody who's going through, 
either at some kind of big transition, either mm -hmm. they've had a baby or someone has died or there's been an illness. And I know whenever I look at the meal train sign up, I immediately do a calculation of like, okay, what nights yeah. are busy? What nights do I have to drive kids to dance or soccer? Yeah. When do I have a bit of time in my week to make this delivery? And then I, and then I do a calculation of like, okay, do I have all my dishes? Do I, mm -hmm. do I have these ingredients? Can I do this? And I immediately start calculating. Um, and so it's, instead of calculating those small things, if I'm looking at it going, God has given to me all of these good things. I have food in my kitchen that I can eat. I have something to feed my family. What do I have that I can give away because I have more than yeah. enough given to me? Yeah, and of course the caveat is we can't just keep adding stuff. Right. We can't do a meal train for everybody. Well. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, there's, there, there are, like, we are give, only given so much, and there's, there is a sea of need that we can drown in, right? Right. So, so I just want to make, I feel it's important, I've learned to make sure it's important that I say that part when I say, well, don't we just trust God and just do everything? Uh, no. <laughs> Did you say it in that tone of voice? <laughs> well, even, even in, like, the reading from Acts 2, you know, there's the part where they were sharing all their possessions yeah. and selling their property. And again, there's that caveat of like, not everyone was selling their houses. It says right after they met in their houses, which right. they would have had to own some to meet owns. in. Yeah. So yeah, you can get carried away, but again, it's trusting God and praying about like, what can I give? Yeah, but not just what can I give that I have? Sometimes it is a sacrifice. And then what you were mm -hmm. saying is, what happens when I make that sacrifice? Like what, what if I don't even get recognized or affirmation, is that okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Maybe it is. Maybe you got to do it quietly and no one will ever know. That yeah, if, if CBC things. picks up the story and they don't figure out that it was you who was behind it, is that going to be okay? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I come from the angle of like, if I lend somebody my house, which I've done several times, and they break something I love in my house, am I going to be able to forgive them for it? Am I going to be able to say, that's fine, it was my favorite chair, it was my favorite gift from my wedding, Am I able to say it's okay and, and not even mention it to them and not even make a big deal and just be able to forgive and move on? Like that's where this mm. has really tested me mm. is like, yeah, I love the idea of people living in my house and watering my plants while I'm away. Yeah. But what if they hurt my stuff? You know, yeah. do I care about my friends more than I care about my stuff? That's where I feel like the sacrificial element really comes in. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a posture yeah. uh, and um and it does require discernment of okay god what are you calling me to in this season how can i have a life of generosity yeah and where are the where are the spaces that maybe god might be challenging me to to be a bit more free with or be, be more generous with i also want to say like this takes risk right mm -hmm. and um as an example you know signing up for a meal train Oftentimes I sign up to cook for somebody I've never been to their house. Yeah. I might have only seen them at church. I've never visited in their home. And it's a little bit vulnerable to like show up on their doorstep and knock and, uh, you know, can I leave the meal on the doorstep and leave or should I wait if somebody comes to the door? Is that weird? And uh, it's funny to me, every time I drive to a new house that I haven't been to before, I always come away glad that I did every time. I either get a sight of a new baby or I get to have a 
brief exchange with somebody, and especially in this time when we're not allowed to see people, sometimes that's the only contact with people outside yeah. my house I've had all week. Um, so it turns out to be a gift and a blessing, but there's always that intimidation factor of like, I've never been to this person's house. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're home at three in the afternoon and uh, is this yeah. awkward or weird? Um, and I just have to get over it. So at the end of the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, I, I talked about how Jesus basically gives us this command to go and do likewise, to go and practice this sacrificial fellowship. We've discussed a few examples like meal trains. Can we think of any others? I gave another example last week about coming and helping out at Living Edge. And as I said I would do, just you know, full disclosure, we're recording this a week early, so I'm going to do two takes. Take one. <laughs> Thank you for coming out. It was so good to see you all. Take two. You know, maybe next time we, we'll, we'll be able to do month. it uh, with a little more notice, but we'll keep at it. Um. But what are some other, some other ways we could, could see this in, in both the life of our church community yeah. and our own lives? Well, I think, first of all, everybody should be following Hannah Relieve's channel in the Unremarkable mm. on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, she posts every week ideas of how to reach out and love your neighbors in this time, so that's been cool. Uh, but some things that meant a lot to me this, this year, because we can't be with people the way we typically would. Um, over Christmas, a couple friends stopped by the house and dropped off a card and said hello, and that meant a lot because mm -hmm. we spend days just our family at home um and then also receiving things in the mail i'm not a christmas card person i gave that up years ago but this year receiving people's christmas cards in the mail and pictures and letters meant so much i like put them up in our foyer on the wall like I that agree, really meant so much mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so that's just a couple things I think I'd encourage people to take relational risks, even just small ones, like the next step ones, whether it's with your neighbor or someone in your neighborhood table or midweek group. Um, I'm, I bet that there's a lot of us who will think of someone from our neighborhood table or midweek group or are one of our neighbors. And, and I think that's an opportunity to not just think of them and pray for them, but to send them a text Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like a small thing. Or give them a call. Say, hey, I was thinking about you today. I just wanted to Which know. Which is a risk because a lot of yeah. people don't like to make yeah. phone calls. Yeah, that's a risk. So, yeah. so, and it just depends. Like, people are all over the map socially. So some of us are a lot more introverted, a lot more extroverted. Um, but wherever that kind of that step is, I think just what is that next thing that God might be calling us to to, to increase the contact and, and even show words of, of care and comfort or support mm -hmm. or kindness in this season towards one another. Or maybe it's, you know, dropping off, dropping off a meal at your neighbor's house uh, who, who is having a hard time or, or whatever the thing is. But the problem with examples is you could think of a million of them, but um, well, that's Hannah's just kind of what's on my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, again, as, uh, as we reflect on, on, on the example and as I shared, what would Jesus do? Uh, we reflect on, on the example he provides for us and uh, continue to pray that the Holy Spirit would, would mold us in his image.
for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode, written and arranged by Richard Charter, and can be found at richardchartermusic.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.